0: Welcome to the Work Hard, Play Hard podcast. My name is Rob Murgatroyd, and I'm a former doctor turned lifestyle entrepreneur. Each week, I interview some of the best minds on the planet on the science of achievement and the art of fulfillment. Come take this journey with me. Excuses are over. It's time to live. They always match my personality like like
1: a fast action taker, but at the same time, I also analyze stuff. So I think that's why one of the reasons I'm successful is most people are one or the other. They're either a fast action taker or they're an over-analyzer. Whereas I'm a fast action taker, but I'm analyzing at the same time. That's why my agency does so well, because within 10, 20 minutes of speaking to someone, I can already map out a path to make a million dollars for that business. If you can have the best website and funnel in the world and pay a copywriter $50,000 for a top funnel, but if no one ever sees it, you
0: know, it's physically impossible to make sales. Okay, before we jump into this interview, I want to invite you to be considered for my 2019 Traveling Mastermind. So go to workhardplayhardmastermind.com and fill out the application and we'll jump on a call to see if you're a great Fit. This year we'll be in Boston doing lots of cool things like training with Tom Brady's trainer Alex Guerrero. In the middle of the year, we'll be heading to Monaco doing things like vintage car rides through the French Riviera. And then we're going to wrap the year in Florence, Italy, doing things like truffle hunting and hot air ballooning over Florence. Look, Life is all about fulfillment, and I really try and walk the walk. So if you are looking to be part of our tribe of 28 high-achieving entrepreneurs that are in the six- and seven-figure range, fill out your application at workhardplayhardmastermind.com to be considered. So think of the mastermind as having two parts. The first is the trip itself. And the second part is what goes on over the four days within the mastermind. Our group of 28 entrepreneurs will help you brainstorm and accelerate what you want to achieve in 2019. And we'll do that through a variety of different exercises, brainstorming activities, breakout sessions, goal setting sessions, you know the drill. So go to workhardplayhardmastermind.com, fill out an application, and we'll jump on a call to see if you're a fit. All right, let's jump into today's episode. What's up, everybody? This is Rob Murgatroyd. Welcome to another episode of the Work Hard, Play Hard show. This episode features Rudy Moyer. You can find him on Instagram and elsewhere at Rudy Moyer. So I wanted to have Rudy on the show for two reasons. First of all, he's created a $100 million company and all of us listening who are trying to grow our businesses can pick up a nugget or two from somebody who's created a hundred million dollar company secondly he has a very strategic brain and he approaches things differently than most of us he's super pragmatic very analytical which I am not so I always try and connect and learn from people who are so Rudy has consulted with a ton of people from the US Navy uh, Navy deep sea divers say that three times fast NBA athletes Hollywood celebrities major league baseball players. The list goes on and on and on. Um, He is an elite sports nutritionist and trainer working with Hollywood celebrities and elite athletes and NBA players and gold medalists and world record holders and bikini models. And it goes on and on. But the point is that he's created a hundred million dollar business in this space, which is a crazy competitive space. So we talked about lots of things. We also talked about how his early years shaped how he looks at things now. And we talked about some of the things that he struggles with, with, you know, turning his brain off and uh, traveling around the world, which he loves to do. So it's a perfect work hard, play hard episode, I think. So be sure to take a screenshot of this episode, share it on the socials, and remember to tag me and at Rudy Moyer and let us know what you thought. So without further ado, please enjoy this conversation I had with Rudy Rudy, welcome to the show. Hey, man. How are you doing? I am doing really, really good. Well, judging from our little uh, pre-chat conversation, it doesn't sound like you're from Alabama. Where are you from?
1: (laughs) Close. From the UK. So, yeah, from England. Moved to Florida a few years ago.
0: So, I think a good place to start would be in, I think I'm going to say it right, Leicester? Leicester. Close, Leicester. Leicester. Oh, man. You know, I I, uh, I toiled over saying that incorrectly. Okay. Can you describe for us what it was like growing up there? And maybe, you know, now that you're in the States, how it's different from the States?
1: Yeah, sure. So, uh, I mean, there's obviously a reason I moved, which I'll get into. But uh, yeah, I think growing up, everyone, when I say oh, I'm from England, they go, oh, wow, London, London's great. It'd be cool to live there. But that's like saying, "Oh, I'm from America. I live in New York, right?" It's not always the same in different parts of England. So Leicester was a, a smaller city, especially by American standards, a very small place, and yeah, it definitely wasn't as uh, as good for kind of my entrepreneurial mindset and kind of what I wanted to achieve and how I, you know, even was as a child buying and selling and getting into entrepreneurial ventures as a teenager. Uh, no one really kind of gets you, whereas stuff like that, you know, out the box thinking I think is more accepted and there's a lot more young entrepreneurs over here in the USA. So yeah, it was interesting. I mean, was, yeah, I moved because of some of those issues and there was way more opportunity out here. Um, uh, yeah. you, you don't know any different at the time, right? Do you miss it at all? No. You don't miss it? Nope. I go back once a year for family, but no, I don't miss anything about it
0: uh yeah and when you're there when you're when you're there visiting your family you're like okay well you know this was fun but it's time to go back
1: yeah they know i'm like okay is it seven days yet when's my flight (laughs) when's my flight home So.
0: so you have been an entrepreneur for a lot of years um can you tell us the story of how you got banned from selling in school and how old were you when that happened
1: Yeah, so I I was, you know, I think every school has this one or two kids that are always selling stuff. So that was me. I was making my parents go to like a wholesale like Sam's, uh, Sam Club at the weekend, uh, buying like big boxes of candy. And then I was going in and selling it. And whenever I learned to use eBay super early. So I remember making my dad set up a PayPal like 20 years ago uh, and an eBay account for me when I was a kid. And I was, you know, if there was ever like a new, every, you know, every half a year or a year, there's a new fashion trend or there's a new toy trend. So I was buying all that on eBay from China and then bringing it in and selling it um, to everyone. Uh, So, yeah, and I kind of started selling a lot. They told me basically I wasn't allowed to come in and be selling stuff in the playground anymore. Do you think that that fueled you? I mean, I still did it. I just did it outside the school. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah but i mean i mean do you think that you know sometimes when somebody says no you can't do something it makes you dig your heels in deeper and go no screw you i'm doing it
1: yeah i mean i don't know if i i looked into it that much as i kid. i'm just always like problem solution kind of guy so i didn't even yeah. i don't think i even really thought about it i was like oh okay i'll just sell after school and before school outside the gates it's not a problem
0: That's awesome. Just kind of matter of fact. So if we were to fast forward to 2016, why did you decide to get your master's in sports and exercise uh, science?
1: So I guess that was just the, well, I've always liked to kind of be a little different. And everyone always is like, oh, well, if you go to, you know, if you go and get a formal education, you can't grow a business and be an entrepreneur. And I was like, well, I'll try and do both and I ended up getting a, a full scholarship and a first-class master's degree and undergrad degree while building a business. So I always, I mean, I get my family say I always like to burn the candle at both ends kind of thing. And I think I have an ADHD brain, so I have to be doing way more. I can't ever be doing one thing. I have to be doing way more than everyone else. Uh, and you know, I was in the health and fitness industry for 10 years. I, I love that industry. I'm very like data and and very like I said problem solutions so science is cool because it's like oh these are the problems we don't actually know the answer. Let's go fi- figure out a real solution and, and prove it with science. I've always been very science driven like I don't like not knowing things I want answers. And, and at the time I was in the health space so I, I knew the formal science background would help my, my business side of things too by adding a you know just more so more proof to what I was doing at the time.
0: Where does that come from? That sort of level of thinking—is that from one of your parents, or is that just that specific to you? Or, yeah, good question. I I don't know if I mean both my parents are are smart, and
1: they are—you know—they're kind of a little out the box thinkers, and they've done cool stuff in their life. But uh, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know if it's just due to to one of the parents, or but just growing up, it's just I was like a chess champion, so I was very strategic. Uh, all the time, mm. like so, I just have that mindset.
0: Have you ever done one of those personality tests? You know the ones I'm talking about, right? Like, the, f- there's like a million of them. Strength yeah, Finders, exactly. Myers Briggs. Yeah.
1: yeah, I've done a couple. I'm always like an outlier in two areas.
0: <laughs> You're that guy. Yeah. Okay. Which one are you dominant in? Do you remember? No, I can't. I, I mean, <laughs> you, what are the four? I'll tell you right away. <sighs> You know, there's so many. It just depends on yeah, which one you did. There's they so match many my
1: personality, like an ex, like a fast action taker. But at the same yeah. time, I also an, oh, analyze stuff. So I think mean, that's why one of the reasons I'm successful is most people are one or the other. They're either a fast action taker or they're an over analyzer. Whereas I'm a fast action taker, but I'm analyzing at the same time.
0: Okay, well, that's going to explain how you got into a hundred million dollar businesses. Uh, we'll talk about that in just a sec, but. Uh, we talked a little bit earlier about the U.S. and uh, moving to Tampa. Why did you choose Tampa?
1: So I was always picking between Cali and Florida because I hated the English weather. It's gray and rainy and cold. And I've always loved the sun. So they were my two choices. Cali would have been cool, but Florida had a great course for what I wanted to do in my master's degree. Um, yep. And then I also they also offered me a full scholarship. Uh, so it was a no brainer to really do, do uh Florida and Tampa. Yeah. Because yeah, just, to, it was a better, it was only a one year course and the course, the master's degree was designed for like more like adults. So it was night night. It was a lot of online and then there was a few classes, not many, but they were all in the evening. So it was cool. It was good for me because I was running businesses, right? So it was perfect to kind of not interrupt too much what I was doing rather than like,
0: as every day but you decided to stay though you're still there
1: well i don't well yeah i stayed in tampa now but i am like so last two years i flew 50 times a year so a year uh, a week on uh, nearly once a week on average um from next month we actually leave tampa and we're gonna go full nomad so even though i'm still here i'm like not you know it's just great tax and it's a great place for my business to be set up but i'm in cali every week every month and traveling every week to talk at events and and masterminds and stuff like that
0: would you live in cali um if the tax situation was different
1: yeah no i think i would definitely i love san diego and i have a lot of connections in both la and san diego la is maybe a little too hectic i can't stand the traffic
0: but um Yeah, it's abominable. I'm moving. The the reason why I'm asking these questions is we debated. Um, I have a a four year old daughter and and, uh, a wife, and uh, we debated uh, whether or not we had the exact same, you know, scenario. We wanted to live warm. And mm-hmm. so we went Florida, California, Florida, California. Florida is super humid. Yep. California's super expensive. And, you know, you just go back and forth and trying to decide. So I was wondering how you, you know, finally ar- arrived at that. But I, th- I, think, you- I think I'm think i clear on that.
1: I, I like um, Florida because it's chilled out. So, when, you know, I'm moving a million miles an hour. At ma- you know how masterminds and events are. It's like 7 a.m. till midnight every day. Because I do those back to back. I can do four events back to back, flying in between. So it's nice to come back and I live on the water and I can kind of, I mean, I say I relax. I don't because I end up overworking because I've been traveling. But at least from an atmospheric part, you know, it's more relaxing. Whereas if I was to be going all over the place and into L.A., I mean, I'd be like just more high energy all the time. And it would be harder to kind of cool off a little before the next trip.
0: Yeah. You're living in chaos constantly. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Let's let's talk a little bit about the, uh, the masterminds. So you do four of those a year?
1: So I'm in four paid and then I speak at like another five or six and guests speak all the time. Yeah.
0: Okay, great. And when you're guest speaking on the masterminds, are you helping people strategically or is there a topic that you are brought in to speak on?
1: A bit of both. So most of the time I'm speaking on Facebook ads, funnels, overall online marketing strategy, kind of my journey building a, a multi-million dollar business, and what I think's important from both a marketing strategy standpoint, uh, but also a mindset standpoint, because you know, as we know as entrepreneurs, that's a big part of it. And then everyone kind of loves my talks, and I always get feedback from the people hosting the events, and speakers, and, and attendees because. I'm very strategy based, right? So I'll come in and actually give them tangible stuff to take away in action or send to their team. Whereas a lot of people don't. And there's nothing wrong with people that don't. You know, they're talking about big visions, mindset, that's all great. But I think mean, every event needs a mix because if you leave just kind of with general stuff, it's never actionable. So I come in and give a lot of actionable
0: advice to. Let's talk a little bit about the Facebook ad company. You you have so many different companies that I'm trying to decide which lane I want to go down. But since yeah. we're here on Facebook Ads, let's talk about that. Yeah. You what was the reason you decided to start it? Let's start there.
1: So I I played with Facebook ads like eight years ago when I had one of my other little companies in the UK like running nightclub events. Um so I played around with it when it first came out for that and for my fitness business, then never did anything with it, didn't really understand it. And then, uh, you know, a few years ago, I was really high up in the fitness space. Uh, so that's my other ma- my main company, I guess. And then my other main company was um, the, the agency, the Facebook ad stuff now. But um, I guess I learned it just because I had to learn it to develop my fitness business. It was out of a need. So I was very high up in the fitness space. I was an expert. And there's a lot of entrepreneurs that can resonate with this. They're experts, what they do they're not reaching as many people as they they want to reach not having the impact and that's i was very frustrated because i wanted to have the impact i knew a lot uh and there was people out there selling health fads and stupid diets that had no science background had no clue what they were doing no experience so i I was very passionate at the time about making that impact and giving people good information so i learned it just to really do that and then i did millions of dollars in two years because of Facebook ads and funnels and the marketing stuff I learned. And that kind of then formed my agency now, which is one of the biggest in the world because everyone was, hey, Rudy, come. You know, I had a lot of friends through 10 years of being in the industry. So everyone was like, Rudy, come help me, help me, help me. And eventually it got so big that it formed an agency and then we, we grew it
0: and the people who for the people who are listening and say hey look I, I he knows what he's doing i don't know what i'm doing i would love to you know have him take a look at my facebook ads and help me do you take on uh i don't want to say lower end clients but let's say newbies or is this only for people that are spending millions
1: yeah so we used to now just cuz of the the skill set we have and and i think What's unique is we are able to scale millions. Uh, We don't really take on people from the ground up unless they they have a really great offer that converts or they're already doing, you know, hundreds of thousands on their store. So, yeah, it depends. But most of the time we have like a course and a transition uh, piece in progress (laughs) to help people that are starting out. And then once they start out, if they do have a good offer hook story, um and they can scale it a little that's when we tend
0: to come in okay got it um let's talk a little bit about uh some of the projects that you've done in the world of fitness can you tell me the story of the navy hiring you to train their deep sea divers
1: yeah so like i said i got very high up in the health space uh health and fitness and nutrition space so i work with uh elite athletes nba teams uh some celebrities and then yeah i flew up uh and train and consult with those guys on, you know, add in some of the science stuff, right? Because you can get Navy SEALs and elite athletes and wrestlers that they're the best in the world at what they do physically. They're extremely fit, but there's still ways they can become even better by using scientific methods that not many people know about. But, you know, what I always say is when you're extremely good at what you do in any industry, 1% 1% or these little tweaks make a big, big difference. When you're just starting out, you have to master the basics, stay consistent, put the time in. Whereas when you're elite, it's like, it's like how do I go from 99 to 100 or 98 to 99? So I kind of came in and just went over some higher-end science stuff and practical applications of that. Uh, and, and things not direct to so just training. It's like how to eat better, like nutrition tips, Sleep, hormones, supplements, everything like that.
0: Got it. What are the common mistakes you think um, now that you've you know sort of been in the fitness industry and you know you had a successful Facebook ad company or have? What are some What are some of the common mistakes that people make when they're either just starting out or they're you know they're new to it and they're making their Facebook ads? Like where, where's the mistake usually happen from your experience?
1: Sure. So, I mean, I have a good analogy. I teach people for Facebook ads and online marketing that's actually based on health and fitness. So in health and fitness, if you know much about it, if you want to get an amazing shape or optimal health, you need to master both diet and exercise. They're the two key variables. You can get okay results by being really good at one. But if if the other one isn't like you're not doing it or it's not very good, you're never going to get great results. So if you want an amazing body, you need to have perfect diet and perfect training. And what I see online marketing and selling products online or growing a brand online or a business, it comes down to two key fundamentals again. As long as obviously the foundations are in place, like you have a good product, a good story, it's, it's people want to buy it, obviously that that's important. But once you have those basics in place, online marketing is pretty simple. You need traffic, which is Facebook ads. Uh, And obviously, Google, YouTube ads, Instagram ads, you need traffic, and that's like one side. And then the other side is you need a a website or a funnel or a sales pipeline or a sales system that converts that traffic. And you need both. You can have the best website and funnel in the world and pay a copywriter $50,000 for a top funnel. But if no one ever sees it, it's physically impossible to make sales. And vice versa. I could run your ads and send you all the traffic in the world from Facebook, thousands of hits a day. We were getting a million hits a month. Uh, but if no one's actually, if that funnel or website or sales pipeline is all over the place, it doesn't tell a good story, doesn't make it clear what your products are and the benefits to the user, it's not really going to convert and do well. You'd obviously make some sales just because of the sheer volume, but it's going to be su- super, you know, suboptimal. So. I think the biggest thing if you're starting out is before you even start Facebook ads, you've got to make sure you do have a great website that actually is like a marketing site. You have a funnel or a landing page or a sales page that converts and works and is actually written with good copy. So copy is the text on there. Uh, And that's like one of the most underappreciated skills in the marketing world. Copywriters can make 10, 20 grand, 50 grand just to write a single page. Because it's that important for big online businesses, um, and then once that is in place, that's when the Facebook ads now become important.
0: Yeah, so you've got to have a baseball and a bat. Like yep. you, you, you're not playing baseball. You know, you're not playing baseball with just a bat or a ball. You got to have both. That makes sense. I love the analogy that you used with body because I, you know, as much as I try and eat, you know, uh, eat like shit and go to the gym and think I can work my way out of it. the Truth <laughs> is, you got to you got to do you got to do both. Yep. I mean, you know, I I know this, and I still you know, say, okay, let's go to the gym. Let's work out. The abs will come in and it just doesn't happen. Yeah. So you're, you're a hundred percent right. You've said before that it's pretty easy to make a million dollars when you understand marketing and you have a great product and the story and add value to, you know, your experience. What advice would you give to somebody that's like, I mean, you know, I guess I don't have one of them that's working because I'm not making sales, you know, the yeah. way I want them to make. Like, where do you tell them to go?
1: I just tell, I mean, I'm a big believer in pay to play. So, I mean, if you want to be successful in life quicker, you just got to pay someone that's more experienced than you. Or if you have a great network, you don't even need to pay them, right? But either way, you need, you, you need to come in and have someone just figure it out for you or you've got to spend a few years learning it like myself, I wanted to learn it because I knew it was going to stay with me for the rest of my life and becoming a great marketer was a key skill for me as an entrepreneur, but most people don't. So, you know, go just find someone like me or a good marketing buddy of yours. Just have him come in for 30 to 60 minutes. And like my brain is so strategic and I've seen so many businesses, even on stage at events with hundreds of people. I've like had a guy ask a question and in 10 minutes I broke down his entire business on a, you know, a whiteboard or whatever, and shown him where he's going wrong and how if he doesn't fix that, he'll never scale. So, people like me are, you know, just the same with any expert in any space that they're experts in that space and they're super experienced, or they should be, and they can just pretty much say, probably right away, like, hey, this is where you're at, this is where you're going wrong, this is what you've got to do to scale it up. But most of the time, it, it is what I said. It's either so as long as the product, the story and the hook and everything, the copy is good. It's basically either your funnel or you don't have enough traffic.
0: So you sort of see things. It sounds like geometrically, you yeah. know, you sort of see it like spatially in, in pieces. You're yeah. not like linear. You're more spatial. That's interesting. Um, I always envy guys like you because I, I, I have to like go to the first page and then go to the second page. It's really difficult for me to see things you know, on a whole yeah. and then move them around. It's yeah, like, that's you know, kind Tom of exactly Cruiser. what
1: I am amazing at. And I think that's why my agency does so well. Because within 10, 20 minutes of speaking to someone, I can already map out a, a path to make a million dollars for that business. Um,
0: that's uh, amazing. my brain. That's great. It's great. I want to talk a little bit about how you don't lose your marbles. <laughs> you, you're currently <laughs> well, creating... Yeah. Well, you're currently creating over a hundred million dollars in revenue for these multiple businesses that you run. What is your strategy for not losing your head?
1: So yeah, like I say, it's debatable. No. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I'm very like, uh, I don't know. A lot of people say if they had my life, they would have had a breakdown or they don't know how I manage, but I've always had a great, strong mindset. Like I've, done hundreds of personal development books mindset books so you know i I fail every day but it's just part of the journey and it's fine i don't let it get to me i have staff like i have to fire them remove them they they vanish all part of the journey so i think the biggest part of it is just how you look at everything in life because then once you have that mindset you know unless it's super serious nothing can really go wrong and you understand rather than it being like a a freak out moment or oh, i'm gonna quit or questioning yourself you're just like oh okay that's part of the journey so what do we do to fix it now just exactly like i guess i've always had this right because you asked me that question about when i was at school when i was eight years old and they said i couldn't buy a sell in the school anymore i was like oh okay so i'll just sell outside the gate um so i'm just a, you know i'm a problem solution guy i'm not an emotional guy that's gonna dwell on it or get down about it or, or anything like that or if i do it'll be for a minute and then i move on so i think that's a big big part of it and then also i'm very like i'm a scientist and scientists are all about creating procedures because we have to have our studies replicated So everything we do in our business i'm very sop driven uh luckily learned that a few years ago and i have lots of friends that have done fifty hundred million dollar businesses so They've also emphasized, you know, do SOPs, do systems. So we have that nailed down. We have 20 plus employees and I understand I spend half my day either looking after and managing employees or finding new ones because I know that's the thing that will take my business to tens of millions of dollars.
0: Does that mindset for you backfire the other way where you become so analytical or so strategic that you are... Well, I'll just leave the question there. Does it backfire the other way where you wish you weren't so strategic sometimes in other areas of your life?
1: Uh, Well, like I said, I'm also very luckily paired to be a super action taker. Like I have an idea and tomorrow I want to have it live and running traffic to it to test it. So I think a lot of people with my brain, the strategic side, they lack the other side of it. And that's why they pair very well with entrepreneurs that are fast moving. But luckily I have both. Um, so from a a business standpoint, I, I, I don't think so from a personal standpoint, maybe a little, but I'm also, you know, I grew up very empathetic and caring as an individual when I'm outside of business. So I have, I still have that caring emotion. I'm very emotionally intelligent. I was all my teachers and stuff growing up said that. So, I mean, I have that as well. So I can understand, you know, sometimes I can be extremely like, zeroed in and like unemotional and like, no, this is how it is. This is how it has to be done. Go do it. But, you know, I always try and kind of step out of the box and look at it from an outside standpoint when I can. And I mean, ultimately, if you want to build hundred millions of dollar businesses, you have to be like that. You know, you need some you gotta, emotional part, to. but you have to be, you know, results driven at the end of the day because it's your life, your future, your you know, reputation.
0: All right. We're going to switch gears a little bit and move into the second half of the show, which is about the art of fulfillment. You know, the, uh, there's, I look at it, I look at it basically two ways. There's the science of achievement, yeah. which is sort of the SOP, you know, way that you talked about and, you know, to use the Tony Robbins, uh, ism, there's the, the yin and the yang, right? Mm-hmm. There's the art of fulfillment. Um, so when you were looking at periods in your life where you felt like you were in the zone, however you define that, what are some of the daily or weekly practices that you've spotted in terms of pattern recognition that when you look back on those sweet spots, um, you've been performing really, really well? Are there any particular daily, weekly practices, morning habits, or, or whatever that comes to mind that you see as consistent?
1: Yes, yeah, so I mean, I mean, I do a lot of what a lot of the other entrepreneurs do. So um, I'm sure a lot of us repeat ourselves on this question. So, you know, I come in and I, I start my day and I spend 20 minutes kind of, everyone has that morning ritual, right? For me, it used to be, I was always sporty and athletic. So for me, it would be going, I live on the bay here in Florida. So I would always go and bike on the bay in the morning to clear my head. And now I, I don't always do that we're busier and I can't take an hour away, but I just, I have have an amazing balcony with a big ocean view. So I just kind of sit or stand on there with music for 20 minutes and just kind of wake up. And that's how I like, that's my morning meditation. If you will, I don't do meditation. That's, that's it for me. Probably as close as I'll ever get because of my ADHD brain. So I do that. And then I write down the tasks for the day and then, just kind of map out my day. So I'm not as, you know, overly as strategic as some guys that spend an hour doing 20 different things in the morning uh, because I do like to get up and dive in. But I think that's important, just having uh, a map out for your day um, or a plan for your day. And then obviously long-term goals and, and goal setting. So, you know, my phone, not anymore, but I used to have a screensaver of all my goals for the year. So every, you know, you look at your phone 100 times a day I would see my goals 100 times a day now. I have lots of whiteboards in my house, in my like all over my house. So I can see how much our revenue is, how much our uh, expenses are, uh, where our clients are at, who's happy, who needs help, big weekly tasks, big goals, potential clients, potential opportunities. So I guess surrounding myself
0: by that too. It's great. It's great. So you, you, you physically surround yourself with all of those things. I love that. Yeah, so
1: I never turn if off, were... it can be a problem for some people, but I, you know, I'm an extremist. So I, I do, when I'm home, I, I work till I go to sleep at midnight. I get back up at 8, 9 a.m. and I start again and I work through it. You know, And I can switch off, but I'm more of an extremist. So I want to work ridiculous for four months and then I'll go and have five days in Cabo and just check in an hour a day kind of
0: thing classic work hard play hard stuff that's the exact reason for this podcast so if you were a critic doing a review of your life so far what would you say (laughs) that's a tough question
1: um i would say i I probably achieved a decent amount but uh i still have a still have a lot to learn I, i think i've had an interesting journey how i i combined marketing to fuel my passion and then that actually built a a second business and i think that's that's the beauty of life is you never know. You know, The more and more I've learned in business is you you never know what door is going to open or what opportunity is going to happen when you take action. So I guess that that's now why we never miss an event. We travel so much because I always, you know, 95% of events or places I go, something big comes of it. So I'm a big believer in that.
0: I love that. I love that. If you could spend one month anywhere in the world where would it be and why?
1: Hmm. So my two favorite places are Hawaii and Cabo. So I've been to Hawaii a few times and Cabo, I go like three, four times a year. You know, they're both, uh, you know, I'm big on the, the tropical climate. So I love uh, both of them. Cabo, Cabo, I find, I don't know why I love it so much. I've traveled all around the world many times, but it's kind of a perfect balance for me. Like, especially this hotel has a, a great, area restaurant area that's uh, looking over the, the bay and the mountains and the ocean so I can work and I'm in a great work environment I can go hiking I can go shopping there's great restaurants loads of activities so I guess that's why I love Cabo. and then I love Honolulu and Hawaii for the same reason because I'm very big into shopping and fashion and they have all you know one side you have a Louis Vuitton and then the beach and surfing so for me that's like the perfect setup you know
0: yeah, it's amazing. I love uh, I love Cabo too. We did uh, what do we do? Las Ventanas. The last time we were there was mm-hmm. awesome. Really, really cool spot. Yeah. If you if you can only go to one restaurant before you die, where would your last meal <laughs> oh, be? Oh gosh, that's the worst question ever. Um, Why? Well, because I love food. Because you love food. Yeah. 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 Actually, it's the best, though, because I'm going to get you to narrow it down pretty quickly. Cool.
1: Well, I'm, everyone that knows me knows I'm obsessed with cheese. So it would probably just be an Italian restaurant.
0: Uh, Yeah. Mm. Interesting. I'm just, I just booked uh, six weeks in Florence. Oh, cool. So Um, we go, yeah, we go in summer too. We're traveling around Spain, Italy, Greece, France. Ah, we're doing the same. We're taking, we're actually taking four months off. Yeah. Starting in June. Okay. Me too. And, um, Oh, that's awesome. We'll be in, uh, I'll get you the uh, schedule. Maybe we can connect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. we'll, we'll be in, uh, in Mykonos for a couple yeah. of weeks as well.
1: Cool. Yeah. We've got a cruise um,
0: there too. Very, very cool. What's the thing that's rocking your world now that has absolutely nothing to do with work?
1: I guess just, I guess everything else outside of it. I know that isn't specific, but you know, there's normally, I think in life, it's very hard to have everything dialed in right like if i tend to notice at least with me because i'm an extremist if work's going great i don't have a relationship or i'm not training or you know there's issues elsewhere so i mean yeah my i I guess my personal life's great you know i have a great relationship uh my partner family friends hundreds of friends so I i would say i know that's not super specific but i would just say that my outside relationships are good which is not always the case when you're working and doing as much as I'm doing as an entrepreneur.
0: When you find yourself uninspired, what sorts of things do you do to find your way back?
1: So I've only really, since I really got into entrepreneurship, I only went through this once. Uh, And it was fascinating because I went through it and it was recent, not recent, but last year because both my businesses were doing well. And you would think if both your businesses are doing well, you're not in you know, you're more inspired. Right. But it was kind of weird because it was like, I was so, t- I had two uh, seven figure businesses that were both growing and I was kind of torn, like, which one do I go down? And it's so funny because like the mental switch, I, I literally had it one day in a, in a taxi ride. I'll never forget it. I was like, okay, I'm going to go all in with my agency. And then like I, I instantly restored my energy of like the whole, you know, waking up at 2am to go and write on a whiteboard working 18 hours a day and, and not wanting to go to sleep. So I guess that was the only time I've not been super inspired and, and motivated. So I guess just re-getting clarity on what you want to do with your life, what your goals are, what's the best potential from a logistical strategy, financial side. Yeah. But I'm not, you know, like, like I said, I, I've always been lucky because I, I find all this fascinating. I love it. I love money. I love success and the the ability to impact and help millions of people and how you also get to travel the world and make loads of amazing friends. I have more friends in all different parts of the U S than I could ever imagine.
0: So, yeah, I love it. So let's move into the last section of the show, which is the rapid fire round and feel free to answer as quickly or as slowly as you like. It's basically a first thing that comes to mind rounds. What would one of your friends say is your superpower? My British accent and white teeth. (laughs) (laughs) What's one of the things you're afraid of right now? Uh, Being average. What keeps you up at night? What I want to do the next day and my goals. What's the one thing that you want to get better
1: at? Life in general. I don't know if there's one specific thing. I just want to become a better partner, one day a better parent, better businessman, a better friend.
0: Yeah. What book have you reread
1: the most? <laughs> uh, so, a couple. So, uh, 10X by Grant Cardone, because, you know, I, I just love the mindset side of that because I am extreme. Uh, Tim Ferriss, Four Hour Work Week got me into this 10 years ago. Uh, and then Brian Tracy's stuff's good as well, like Goals and eat, that, eat This Frog or Eat That Frog.
0: Yeah, three three great authors for sure. What is your guilty pleasure?
1: Food. I eat way too much food and it's fine when I was in my fitness space, but now I'm on my bum every day working 18 hours. It's not.
0: Yeah. 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 It goes back to what we were talking yeah. about earlier. What is, um, what's one thing that you own and probably should throw out, but you never will.
1: Oh, just look, like I'm into fashion. So I have so many clothes that I never will wear again. So I've never worn. And yeah,
0: if you had to give a TED Talk on nothing that you're known for, nothing that you speak about, and it could be on anything that you like to do or have a passion for, what would it be? Cool. Oh, that's a tough one. Nothing I'm known for.
1: I, I guess I guess my childhood upbringing and, and how that evolved me into an entrepreneur and maybe the importance of a childhood upbringing from a child that doesn't actually have kids. Because I don't think many people really know my childhood upbringing, but I do. The more I've learned, the more I've seen that it maybe helped me a lot. I didn't really appreciate it until the last few months when I spoke to people and dived in it a little more. Like I would have never mentioned any of what I've mentioned today half a year ago. I didn't think it was relevant, but I don't know mm. if that would make it a good TEDx talk. Probably would to a psychologist I think it would. for sure. But I would have to.
0: Practice no, it I think I think it would be good. Yeah, I think it would be good. I'd like to listen to it for sure. So the last question is, we're going to change things up a little bit. What one question would you like to ask me?
1: I guess, you know, I love when people just say, what are the, because I think experience is the biggest thing you can never replace, even if someone's way more successful financially. So I guess what are your, you know, two or three or one biggest life lessons from experience that maybe a younger or me at 27 wouldn't know yet?
0: time passes really fucking fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm 52 years old now. And I will tell you that you blink your eyes and you're in your fifties and <laughs> you can't get back. You can't get that time back. And when you have, I have two children, I have a, 21 uh, year old and I have a four year old and I'm able to see the, the difference in who I was as a father 20 years uh, ago yeah. versus who I am now as a father. Uh, So I've got perspective and the advice that I would give my younger self would be to chill out a little bit, spend a little bit more time enjoying life. The work will be there when you get back and recognize that particularly when, uh, you know, your four or five year olds has your time, those formative years like what you said earlier about your potential TEDx mm-hmm. talk, those those years are so formative for them that it will serve them for their whole life. And if you're gone working all the time and you don't have the time for yep. them, um, it really affects who they become later in life. So I would, tell, I would tell every entrepreneur, if you have children, just make sure that you know that when you're going to have children that you're going to be very strategic about carving out the time to enjoy it. Because work creep will always come in and it will always trump um, the uh, the other. Make sense? Yeah, no,
1: I love that. Yeah, and I think that's, I, I'm lucky to have a lot of friends that are older than me with children and, uh, you know, they all they tell me the same. So it, it's been good. So I, and that's why I say I work so hard now because when I have kids in a few years, I want to be set up and ready that I can do exactly
0: what you say. I just figured out who you sound like. <laughs> that- just hit me. Mark Ronson. Okay. Do you know who no, he is? No. Okay. Mark Ronson has created, uh, Google him and uh, actually YouTube him and listen to his voice. He was just on Howard Stern last week. He's created, I can't, I mean, all the Bruno Mars hits. He's a producer. He's done oh, millions and millions. Do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But he was raised in England and in the US mm. and he has this like half English, yeah, you know, half wrong. American yeah. and half British accent. Yeah. And that's what you yeah. sound like, I'm telling well, you. People think telling Australian, Australian a lot of the time. That's why. Yeah. He gets that too. Well, listen, I thoroughly enjoyed this. Do you have any final words, suggestions, or an ask for the people that are listening?
1: No, not at all. I think just, uh, yeah, I mean an ask is, I, think just, I mean, you'll probably agree, just kind of go out there and be the best you can be because I don't think the world has too many average people and I think as entrepreneurs are here to make an impact both within our families and within the world. So, yeah, go do
0: it. I love it, brother. Well, thank you so much for taking the time with us today. I know you've got a million things to do, but I really do appreciate the time. Yeah, totally. Great to connect. All right. Thanks for listening. If you love this episode and you know someone that needs some help in either stepping up their work hard game.